Well, without getting into too much of a longer story, we, we moved back and forth to New Zealand three times, actually. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Awesoming's podcast, where we highlight people pursuing their definition of, you guessed it, awesome. So buckle up and get ready for some more success story adventures and failures from Kentucky's tech and entrepreneur community. What's up, guys? I hope you're having a stellar day. I'm currently sitting inside of my bat cave here at Awesome Inc. And by bat cave, I'm literally sitting in the dark when on an audible. I'm here with my friend, Adam Van Wingerden. Yes, his name is that important for me to try and have a deep voice. But we're sitting in the bat cave, aka the recording studio, aka where the magic happens, aka easy money, which doesn't make any sense. But we're having fun, we're having a good time. Adam has already done a handful of impressions. So I hope you're ready for some awesome laughs to hear why Kentucky startups are the actual best startups in the world, in my opinion. And to learn more about your community. So Adam, I appreciate you being super adaptable, having fun, acting like we're in a fort, whatever you want to call this, and sitting across from me on this lovely, lovely weekday morning. I wouldn't know if it was lovely or not because I it's pitch black in here. So <laughs> and if, if this is the Batcave, <laughs> who am I? Am I are you, am I Batman and you're Robin or mm, actually I'd rather be Alfred and you can be Batman. Yeah, right, let's I'll do take it that, that way. Yeah, I'll take I, that. I serve you Perfect. to make you win. Sweet. I love that. Well, you, first question. Actually, wait. My bad, Batman. What do you have, Bruce Wayne? What do you want to say? No, I was going to. Uh, I was going to say my my Batman. I'm not going to do the Batman impersonation because that would just be bad. You know. That's fair. My yeah. my actual Batman impression is from the College Humor Batman videos. Seen those? When we yeah, when Batman's trying to find his voice, it's like, where are the other drugs going? And then lose it. And it's like, uh, hey, I mean, uh, is, oh, you like this? Is it scary? That's actually pretty good. Thanks. I have about three voices. This is one of them. <laughs> if you haven't That's seen awesome. those videos, go check them out on YouTube. They're uh, parental advisory. I will say that, but yeah. they're quite funny and not how Batman would ever appear in a movie. So <laughs> this is, yeah, he has fun. like Kim Kardashian <laughs> lips. It's <laughs> <laughs> really Batman. Yeah, that's, that's really true. <laughs> well, Adam, uh, man, I have had a blast getting to know you legit over the last two weeks. That's been the extent of our friendship for those listening. So I'm really, really excited. Feels like and two years. <clears throat> I know it really does. And first question is softball. I want you to hit not just a home run, but a grand slam. Give us a little background in, as to who you are. Anything goes, but maybe focus it on how you got to Kentucky and then how you end up getting back into the industry where you currently are. And then we will jump from there onto the rest of this episode. Sweet. Yeah, I guess really quickly, uh, my dad moved here about 20 years ago, started a company called Colorpoint, large greenhouse, where we supplied bedding plants, uh, orchids, um, perennials to large retailers like Lowe's, Walmart, Home Depot, et cetera. Uh, then we bounced. We started this company, started that company, bounced around, moved to New Zealand, moved to California, ended back here uh, ten years ago, where I worked at ColorPoint as the sales director. And uh, he had sold that company last year, or two years ago actually. And that's when we decided to start Silverfern, which was which is basically a tech company uh, servicing the same industry that we were in. So servicing the horticulture industry, growing. Uh, and just providing uh, software tools, mobile apps, IoT devices. Very, very nice. So Adam, not many people have the 
have the interesting fact to say, oh yeah, I lived in New Zealand. Yeah, what the heck, dude? Give us a little background onto the culture that you experienced over there, and then maybe what you saw in New Zealand. Maybe give us a, an accent, how you think they talked, and what you learned there and potentially might have brought back to start with your company, Silverfern. Yeah, New Zealand, and they, they speak like an Australian, like a Brit and Australian at the same time. It's like this, g'day, mate. All right, I'm from, uh, from New Zealand, eh? I love it. I wish I spoke that way, to be completely honest. Yeah, no, they, are, they have a really cool accent. So Kiwis are very focused on holiday time. That's what, they, that's what they're passion. They work to play. And I think that was a, a good balance for us. I think as entrepreneurs and as capitalistic Americans, we sometimes get all consumed by work. And I think one thing I took back from there was, hey, work is good. It's awesome, but it's also really important to have family time, be able to work, play. And we ended up there. My dad was just a serial entrepreneur of sorts. Uh, he had sold a business in uh, Floral Plant Growers was the name of the business in Maryland. And when he had sold it, he had, I think he had four kids then. He just decided, you know what, I'll pack it up, move it to New Zealand. So we packed it up, moved it to New Zealand. How old were you when you guys moved? I was, well, without getting into too much of a longer story, we, we moved back and forth to New Zealand three times, actually. To the States. Yes. Wow. New Zealand States, States, New Zealand, New Zealand States, States, New Zealand, New Zealand States. So within that time frame, I think I was anywhere from I think it was eight or six to four fifteen, fourteen. Wow. Four four fifteen. You're pretty old. Yeah, I'm old. Definitely old. Wait, so what's the term you mentioned Kiwis? What what is that? Kiwis are so we're Americans. Okay. New Zealanders call themselves Kiwis. Are you serious? Yeah. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> so they have kiwi bird, kiwi fruit, kiwi people. <laughs> Dude, we got we to gotta step our game up. I know. Uh, that's really funny. I did not know that. Well, that's awesome. Adam, yeah, thanks for the, the bit of background. One thing you mentioned is that they know how to work hard and play hard, and that is something now being a part of the awesome community that we also pride ourselves with of, hey, we work hard. We want to make sure that we are growing, not just as people, but also growing our community, growing in the excellence that, excellency, excuse me, that we do our work. and that we can shut up and get down to business at the same time. So cool that you saw that motto there and you're also doing that here in this community. How did your journey begin with forming a startup? You mentioned working with your dad at ColorPoint, I believe, and doing sales. What? Yep. Yeah. Take me, walk me through the process, if you don't mind, from starting as a sales rep or a sales lead, whatever you did technically for that company, all the way to forming Silverfern, your company, as a, one of the co-founders. Yeah, I think that's a great question. Uh, I basically started there. I mean, I grew up working in the facility, so I was doing everything from pinching plants to spacing to leading shipping crews. And I think that's important to mention because I think, you know, along along that way, along that journey, as I've worked there, you notice different things that I guess, or I noticed things that technology could help with. Um, even just doing basic labor, general labor, uh, you see different things. You're like, wow, there could be a, a tool created for that to make that job easier. And I think that's, that's how the Silver Fern got started. I think uh, my brother and I specifically, he's one of our co-founders. Um, we worked growing up w working in the greenhouse. We started noticing different things that we could help provide uh, tools and solutions to make easier. So we did that at ColorPoint. Uh, we looked at, we created an app or two. Um, we looked at creating software tools to for the office uh, administrators to make their job easier um, and essentially just help within the supply chain at ColorPoint, whether it had to do with production, forecasting, uh, replenishment, whatever it may have been, it was constantly iterating, creating new tools to make that make our job there at ColorPoint easier. So for me, I guess starting Silver Fern with our with Kevin and Steven was just 
it was kind of a natural thing. Uh, once the company had sold, ColorPoint uh, was divested. I think it was just kind of like, hey, this is this makes sense. We were passionate about the industry. We had all these different ideas for tools, and now we can just focus directly on that. Um, so that's that's kind of the the short the short story for it. Um, and yeah, so now we're here. You mentioned a, a term. Pinching plants is one of the things you mentioned initially. What the heck does that mean? So basically, you have to what you have to do is if you, uh, I guess it's kind of hard to explain without showing, but if you see a plant and it's nice, plump and round and, and uh, stout, I guess would be a good word. Uh, that plant can get you know elongated and grow and stretch out. So what you're you're trying to do is pinch it back to keep it compact. Okay. Um, and then in full flower. So a lot of the times you'll have to go and pinch those plants down. Uh, or if or if you were said the plant was going to be ready to be shipped on April 1st and for whatever reason it has been raining and really bad weather um, and you need to hold that plant for the following week, you know, you can on an annual, the flowers come back. So you pinch the flowers back. Right. And then they'll come back the following week and then you can send it. Mom, dad, if you're listening to this, let me give you some gardening tips. I think this could be very helpful for them. Dude, cool stuff. I had no idea any of that existed or that was the method for shipping and I guess really maintenance with, with plants for a business sense. It's, it's kind of strange, you know, I think there's a, just like anything, I mean, you hear about different businesses and you're like, Whoa, there's a, there's a massive industry for that. And I think flowers is typically one people are always surprised by, you know, okay. they walk down the street in downtown Lexington, they see these beautiful baskets. They, you know, drive around in neighborhoods and they see beautiful planters and people just assume those flowers I don't know what they assume uh, where they came from, but typically all those start in a greenhouse uh, and typically are finished in a greenhouse somewhere and then shipped to landscapers, shipped to retailers. And there's a massive supply chain to get those flowers to that point. So yeah, it's just one of those things where I think people, you know, people see cars and they assume, oh yeah, car manufacturing, big supply chain. Um, and they kind of have an idea of where they might come from. But flowers are one of those things that people just don't really think about. And there is a massive supply chain and there's, you know, a lot of nuances to growing that plant and taking care of it and getting it to the point where you see it in a garden bed or you see it in a planter. Uh, it's a live perishable good. So it's, it's much more difficult than something that is, you know, uh, not living and able just to sit on a shelf for, you know, six months. Hmm. This is, this is all new to me. Very, very cool insight. Thanks for sharing. So you've mentioned your company, Silver Fern. Most people listening at this point know you work for Silver Fern. It has to do with... IOT, technology, horticulture. What is Silver Fern? What is the process from how you guys make money to what you do on a daily basis, how your team functions? What is your win as a company? So I guess you're talking about our value proposition, essentially. Yes. Yeah. So basically what I would say there is we're really not techies who are trying to learn how to grow. Uh, we're growers who just so happen to be guys who also are techies and like to do dev work. Uh, so for us, it's, it's a very unique, where it's, we're unique in the space from the sense that most of the tech companies and the software companies, they're all tech guys, developers, and they're trying to figure out how to supply and provide software for the growers uh, or, the, or the horticulture industry. And we just so happen to be growers who love to be able to provide tools and, and do dev work for the hort industry. And so I think that that's a pretty big nuance um, that, that actually we can provide a lot of value that others can't because we understand some of those difficulties involved with dealing with perishable goods and having to deal with heavy seasonality and weather dependency. So that would be one. I think two, we're really trying to bring something um, fresh from the standpoint of, of integration and implementation. I think that's constantly something in the software world. And I've had conversations here, even at Awesome Inc. You know, people think of tech and software and oftentimes they think of, oh man, that's just a 
more trouble than it's worth. And that's really unfortunate because that's not why technology exists. Technology exists to make your job easier and make your life easier. Uh, And so when you have uh, growers, uh, owners and operators not wanting to implement technology because the switching costs are really expensive, integration, implementation are really difficult. um, And and they're just thinking, hey, this is going to create a headache for me and not relieve one. We're saying, no, we want to really bring technology as it's intended to be and as a headache reliever and provide super easy tools that are functional, focus on user experience, and that are easy to implement and integrate and aren't front loaded with, you know, huge cost. Um, So yeah, I would say that part of our value prop is we're growers. We are trying to mitigate some of the switching costs and and ERP solutions, making it agnostic. Um, Doesn't matter what kind of system you have. We want to create software that's lightweight, easy to bolt on, implement with any any foundation you may have already uh, without having to go and jackhammer your whole entire foundation. There was a lot of good stuff in there. One thing that stood out, I know that you're a pro because you said the Hort industry. <laughs> I love I love the shortcuts. I got to be careful with that. Sometimes I get on these podcasts or, or start talking with people and I use all this jargon. And I think some people are like, wait, what are you, what are you talking about? <laughs> you know, it's like, it sounds normal when you're talking to someone in the industry. Exactly. People are like, Hort? What? What, what, do you, what do you mean? Horticulture. Exactly. Yeah, horticulture. And then, yeah, the, the jackhammer, your, your framework. That's a pretty powerful way. Again, you talked about how technology you are trying to make this industry easier, more adaptable, how you can offer service to many. And again, a lot of people have the mindset of, oh, I don't know how to use it, so I'm going to stay away. Whereas your solution is, hey, we want to help. We want to make your life, your work as efficient and streamlined as possible. So that's, that's good insight. And that's a good reminder of why we are doing what we're doing, the work that we value. So cool stuff. I want to throw a curveball at you because we're in Kentucky. So most people know Kentuckians, for the basketball, go cats. I almost said baseball. <laughs> go cats, <laughs> go cats as well. <laughs> yeah, but basketball, bourbon, horse racing, the bluegrass, all that good stuff. And one thing that we are known for, especially in the startup world and where some of our advances are, is in like the agribusiness, ag tech. So I want to ask you from, from an experienced, seasoned veteran, not veteran, but a veteran. Uh, what do you what do you think the differences are between the agricultural industry and the horticultural industry, and maybe where you fall? Yeah, that's a great question, actually. So, really, agriculture, horticulture, floriculture, arboriculture—essentially, they're just the the art of cultivation. So that just means to grow, to be growing. Um, horticulture specifically has more to do with. Uh, controlled environment more to do with like growing specific things like i guess it would categorize flowers it would categorize uh at annuals perennials orchids uh probably even some different trees and shrubs even though that gets more into arboriculture i would say agriculture is kind of the umbrella and then falling underneath that would be things like horticulture floriculture arboriculture uh so we're we're primarily focused in the hort side of things the horticulture side of things however you know we also would would delve into agriculture, delve into some of the floriculture, arboriculture, but that's really just a hierarchy term, uh, essentially. So I guess Hort would fall under ag. And I'm probably speaking out of turn here. Someone's going to listen to this podcast and be like, wow, this dude doesn't know what he's talking about. But I think agriculture too may have something to do with um, like edibles, like you're actually eating it or agriculture out in the fields. You're dealing with corn, soybeans, uh, tobacco, et cetera. Whereas horticulture I don't think you're actually, it would say you're not actually eating that stuff. It's like, but maybe I'm wrong there. I don't know. 
Yeah, maybe maybe the line of horticulture, you know, being a, a hort, you know, professional that you don't. Yeah, like, yeah. That that felt so wrong to say. <laughs> I, don't have, I don't have the credibility. No, uh, that's cool, dude. That's cool. So I know you mentioned you moved around. Uh, big New Zealand guy, for what I can tell. Big big Kiwi big, fan. Big Kiwi there, fan. That you've been back and forth. Why Kentucky? Why did you choose to settle here? Yes, I know you guys moved back after you were in your your mid-teens, your, your rebellious, angsty stage. Why did you decide to stay in Kentucky and then pursue this endeavor? Yeah, I think, well, at first when my dad started ColorPoint with my uncle back then, it had to do with just product market fit. You know, it was like, hey, this market was being or wasn't being serviced rather than being underserviced, just wasn't being serviced at all. Uh, I think definitely thought about logistics and distribution. Uh, Lexington is very centralized. I think, I know there's some form of statistics that you can reach like a third of the U.S. population within a day's drive of mm-hmm. Lexington yeah. or Cincinnati or something like that. So that's, I know what they thought of uh, when they first moved out here. And I think that was pr- pretty much the only reason. Um, but since we've been here, I think we've really built a solid community uh, in Lexington, just people we've met, um, which are, they're all, Kentuckians are just great people. Uh, but I think for us, we decided we wanted to stay here with Silver Fern or stay in Kentucky with Silver Fern just because we, we knew the, uh, we knew people here. Uh, we knew a lot of the people at Awesome Inc. even, uh, and just what their vision and goal is for the city of Lexington, for the startup community here in Kentucky. And I think it just made sense. We were like, hey, this is feels like the Lord was opening doors and wasn't closing them. And we just felt like this was the best fit for us to stay here and focus on uh, cultivating and fostering the tech and startup community in Lexington with Awesome Inc., uh, and with um, with everyone here that's passionate about Kentucky and passionate about starting business here in Kentucky, we feel like there's a big we feel like there's a big push um, in getting Kentucky really just trying to cultivate, no pun intended, uh, and fostering that startup community. You took the words semi out of my mouth. I was going towards talking about the fellowship, and I know that Silver Fern, you guys are company seven of eight, of eight for the county year 2020, and amidst a global pandemic. Very fortunate that we are still able to invest in the companies, help them grow. And again, it's exciting. You guys have been back in our space, been vibrant and brought a lot of life, human life, and actually some plant life too. So thank you for the the greenery. It's been really great. A lot of more oxygen flow. It's been awesome. Yeah. And the space has been so great for us. I think just having, we were working remotely for so long, uh, just kind of bouncing around Well, during the pandemic, just working from home and then bouncing um, from coffee shop to coffee shop. And I think just having a space where a whole team can get together and collaborate uh, has made a real big difference. I think it's been interesting. I think everyone's hot take during the pandemic is, wow, we can do so much remote work that's going to be able to be possible. And, and I think that's true. And I think people are realizing that. But I also think on the flip side of that, uh, I've realized the importance of human interaction. And that just can't be replaced. And when that's taken away, I think you really realize the value of that and be like, wow, that's, that's just irreplaceable. And I don't think a video chat or um, you know, remote work's ever going to be able to surpass that. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And that's really cool for us. You know, we have a couple core values. We have four, not a couple. We have four and two of them are be, be a friend and then be you. So again, talking about that community, fostering that, being all together is super important for growth and our awesome ink space, you know, 15,000 square feet in downtown Lexington. The goal was to create a community that wants to push and drive each other. So the fact that you guys at Silver Fern can go talk with one of our other companies or someone from our boot camp or whatever to help you guys and the traction that you're creating is so important. Again, it helps you push, helps you sometimes take a step back, 
almost do like a brain dump or something and then get refocused. Very fortunate that you guys are utilizing this space. And again, we're, we're pumped to have you, pumped to see where you're growing and going. That's more important. And last couple of things, again, we all have podcasts, listen to TED Talks, whatever. Part of this is you are an entrepreneur. You're learning what it means to walk through the mud, go on the, up, you know, the hills and valleys, whatever up and down analogy you want to talk about. What are one or two things that you have learned while leading a team, leading a company that you would love to teach other entrepreneurs who are listening, people who maybe have something to do with sales or they're wanting to grow and use this podcast as a resource to better themselves? What would you say? Yeah, that's a fantastic question. I think, you know, I'm, I'm new in this journey, so I, I don't think I can have, offer a ton of <laughs> counsel or advice, but there's been a few things that have come up. One, I think the importance of mental fortitude, I think it's definitely easy to, um, you know, when you're in the, on the mountain, it's great. And you're like, wow, things are going really well. And we're almost, we're almost at the top. It feels like, and then the times when you're in the Valley, it's very easy to, I like to say, sit in your pity pot and just kind of wallow and like, oh man, this is so hard is, you know, and that's, that's not healthy at all. So I think having the correct mindset around things. Uh, and so I talk about mental fortitude a lot is just knowing if you really believe in something and you're passionate about it. Just making sure that every day you're you're constantly being reminded why why am I doing this and do I really believe in it? Uh, and this whole concept too of being relentlessly resourceful, uh, I think that was something I saw posted up here somewhere, and I've been kind of doing a little bit of research and thinking about it. And I think that is the difference. Tony Robbins has a video, uh, and think what you may have Tony Robbins. He has some interesting stuff to say, some not so interesting in my opinion. But he said something about the issue is not that you are um, you don't have the resources. The issue is that you're not resourceful. And I think that's a really, as an entrepreneur, I think you have to be incredibly resourceful. Um, you're not going to have all of the, all the tools at your disposal, all the people at your disposal. Obviously, you're trying to do things on a budget. There's so many different things that you need to when you're starting a company. Uh, you, need, you need lawyers, you need uh, finance guys, you need, and depending on your raising money, you might need even more help. Uh, and so, and also means providing a lot of those things, which is great, but I would encourage all the entrepreneurs out there starting a company is just to be relentlessly resourceful. Uh, there's so many tools. I mean, with the age of big data and just the internet too, I mean, there is just a plethora of information out there on the web, on YouTube. I mean, there's places like Upwork, places like Fiverr. I mean, you, you can you can be resourceful. Uh, and so I think that's something that I would encourage entrepreneurs specifically starting out is just, yeah, be relentlessly resourceful and in, in, in finding tools and finding uh, people to help you along the way. And uh, applying for things like Awesome Inc. and getting involved in the community. And I think networking is super big. I think I can't, I can't even think of how many times I've been able to um, say leverage a network sounds bad, but just call on people to help out and they're super willing. So I think that whole concept of being in the community and giving, you know, having that relational equity to be able to give others. And then when you need help, they're willing to help you out. Uh, so I guess those are the few things that come to mind quickly. I love that you brought up the relational equity term. That was actually our 45 minute conversation last week yeah. when uh, we sat down and talked. So good stuff, especially from a, from a young, young stud like yourself, wanting to grow a business and learning what it means to walk through all this. So last question, this is my favorite one personally. How long has Silverfern been around in business for? Or I guess, how long is your startup been going? Really young. We, I mean, I always say the idea for it and the vision for it started years ago, but a company formulated, it's been eight months, I think. As you guys are growing, what is something now that you would tell any other entrepreneur that you talk to or someone maybe who's still on the fence to start a company or start a passion project? 
what what would uh, Adam now want to tell Adam eight months ago that would help you with some of the troubles or snags that you have run into? Something that I wish I would have known um, earlier is, you know, I think it's super easy at times to think of all the, I guess, to have fear and think of like, uh, and, and I don't want to say I wish we started earlier, but it's like now that we're in it, it's like, man, why didn't we do this forever ago? You know, and I think you can come up with a gazillion different reasons why you shouldn't. Um, oh, well, you know, I'm not going to be able to. I'm, I'm hindering my career if it fails or I'm not going to be able to support uh, my family or whatever it may be. And they're, and they're all valid concerns. But I would say if you really believe in something and you're on the fence and you're like, man, I, I really have a passion for this product that I'm going to bring to market. Or I really think that this is a service that's going to be really something that people are going to want to use. I would just, you know, if, if that's something you can look in your heart and be like, wow, I really believe in the fact you're constantly going to ask what if, if you never have done it, you never did it or never even tried to do it at least. So I would say, yeah, just get past that fear and just go ahead and do it. I mean, I think that's the, sometimes it just takes that first step and that first step may look different for some. It may be like, Hey, I am in a really miserable job and I hate it. Quit the job, you know, or, Hey, I really need to be able to find that person to be able to help me build this. Cause I know I don't have these skill sets. Go out and look for the person. Uh, I think that's, if I had to look back and think about, um, one thing that I wish was different, I guess it would just be like, Hey, I wish we started earlier and got ahead of this. Um, cause I, now I'm so passionate about what we're doing. I think the need is, is huge. Uh, and so, yeah, looking back it's, it feels even funny to think that I wasn't, I was doing anything but this because it just feels so right. I can tell you that you're passionate. Your feet are shaking underneath the table. So I know you're super stoked. Uh, insert, insert Nike commercial, insert Shia LaBeouf circa 2014. Just do it. That's the video I watched, dude. When I want to get amped up, just you get that on replay, man. Uh, there's a 10 hour loop. I know I've watched it for at least 20 minutes, uh, as a joke, but I didn't commit to the whole thing. So Adam, man, stoked about our friendship, stoked about Silver Fern and where you guys are headed. And hopefully this podcast for those listening gets you amped, gets you stoked about going out there and just doing it. So go take action. Adam, let's go grab some lunch. Yeah, gotta run. See the bat signal. Well, that's it, guys. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of Awesomings Podcast. And another quick thank you to Lee Rosevere and a few members from our community who provide the music that you hear in this show. Lastly, give us a follow on Instagram, Facebook, all that jazz. Or even better, come on down to our space. Come be a part of our community and get plugged in. And let's start something awesome together. You guys rock. We'll see you next time.